0: Possession crucial from this, how much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point, and there's the whistle,
1: it's over, it's over! We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I
2: love in hurling, I love players that will never give in. He
1: hits it, he hits it, what? it's over the bar! Oh, holy Moses!
3: Hello, welcome to the RTÉGA podcast. Mikey Stafford and Rory O'Neill with you, and we've been joined by referee Barry Kelly and by Shane McGrath. Of tipperary shane mcgrath who formerly had on his cv on the last Tipperary team to win a nolan park but he's he's <laughs> in work this morning amending his cv he has to take out that mention now the, the uh, wikipedia
1: page is changing <laughs> <laughs> um
3: excuse me if i'm a little bleary-eyed lads I've, I've stayed up to watch the super bowl um for work purposes and it was it was worth staying up for uh as i said in the live blog there's nothing worse than uh staying up to that time to watch a game of american football that. Turns out to be one-handed because one-sided because they can be a bit of a a procession. Uh, so thankfully, it stayed interesting up until the last couple of minutes. Because uh, a couple of hurling matches there yesterday now over the weekend that we were expecting to go down to the fourth quarter, and they really didn't. Um, they really, really didn't. Clare just got, either got blown away against Limerick or didn't show up. We can discuss um, as mentioned. Tipperary went to Nolan Park and silenced the baying mob. Um, Dublin, their match against Antrim was probably the final scoreline looks a bit closer than the match itself was from what we listened to and Cork built up such a lead against Galway in the second half that they were, able to, they were able to allow Galway a flurry of scores at the end and still be relatively comfortable. I think they just did that to torture Galway people who probably wanted to nip away and beat a bit of traffic and then they realised, oh God, we better stay. It was just a it was a nice bit of torture from the Cork lads, But Barry, we won't, we won't talk too much about Wexford. Wexford's glorious 11 point win over Westmeath were you at it Barry?
0: I was indeed Mikey yeah I was indeed uh, yeah 11 points wasn't flattering to Wexford by any means like they had I was I was estimating I was just asked some of the journalists afterwards so I reckon it was 20 I said 23 wides I wasn't counting but uh, actually it was 20 at the end the usual you know yourself now Mikey at this stage the usual Wexford kind of uh, issue in terms of like, no thing is a bad wide, but there were, there were bad wides yesterday in terms of freeze. Lee was on the freeze the first half and missed two or three. Uh Young will come out at halftime, but, but they were impressive I went, it was like, Cues Park, South Mullingar, we've got three home games. We've got a horrendous league campaign in terms of, we have Cork away and X in Parky Quay, but no one's looking forward up here because, you know, Cork, obviously big pitch, top class sod. uh And we have Galway and Limerick at home. Like, You know, it's a little league's a bit one sided really in that sense. Having Dublin Leash and Antrim in the other section, like we're going to face in five defeats and then with a league. Anyhow, but uh I thought Wexford impressive enough now in terms of movement and you know, a lot of off the shoulder stuff, a bit like what I saw in or more on Saturday night. And I might get back to that as well because I had a bit of a bee in the bonnet with the whole hand pass thing because Yeah. But yeah, Wexford I'd say I'd say Dara was happy with them now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um as uh, a last Barry, I don't think any, any of the uh, top tier teams are going to be judged on the results against Westmeath or, or Leash this this year is the thing. Maybe Antrim are a bit closer. Anyway, to um, meteor matters in in, uh, in uh, the Marble City yesterday. Then Shane, um, you were there. Um, you could, you could only be impression just from I only saw mm. the highlights of it, but my God, the the Tipperary attack is purring um and as what would be as as pleasing for you folks i suppose is that they gave kilkenny plenty of it physically as well and for a young team with a fair fair few new players being blooded they didn't seem too intimidated by the surroundings or anything else
2: no they weren't no and it's like i think people need to realize too mikey like i mean that's the first time we've been Kilkenny down there since 2008 and we've had a lot of a lot of heartache down there since you know and I I've been involved in a lot of that like we lost two league finals down there last in 2013 in the championship down there and uh you know, they were all very hard defeats to take and like yesterday I'm sure that was a motivation motivational factor for them um the game you know it was it was fine you know it was it was a league game and there was it was the atmosphere was poor um for for a typical Kenny game, there was over ten thousand people there. Now there, like the stand, we were in the Ardani Grass and the cover stand, as we call it, down there, and uh, like that was packed. But, and and like, the feeling going even up along, I went with my brother and my wife, and uh, brought our youngest with us. And like the feeling going up along the road was just going to be right atmosphere here today. And you know, there's a right crowd going in. And I suppose we just didn't get that maybe in in the game. Like that's, it is what it is. It's the league, like and and. Uh, What I found interesting was, I suppose, lads, is Kilkenny are, well, for me anyway, being there yesterday, they seem to be going short a bit more than what we've seen maybe in previous years. And, you know, that's new management, new style and everything. Well, lads, like the frustration in the crowd, like you're talking about people who are just used to seeing Kilkenny for a long time, go long, half forward line win it. If they don't win it, there's a break in ball, there's a midfield coming through. They went short a few times yesterday. Got turned over early doors, and groans. just yeah, and just the whole uh, this the groans from the stand was just the will you drive it? Will you just drive it? Like <laughs> yeah. it just like felt like one level say it down here, another level say it here. Tip, tip, tip were by far the better team yesterday, and yeah. they were they were fitter, they were stronger, they were sharper, and their their work rate in their forward line in particular, like there's a guy Alan Tynan. His work rate was phenomenal yesterday, you know. Um just just Tip seemed hungrier there yesterday. Now, look, Tip probably had more of a hand that they could choose from because you know, I mean, the best hurler of all time, in my opinion, was was there with with his wife and his and his little uh, baby girl. So he wasn't there, you know, Own Cody, Adrian Mullen, Richie Reed, you know, the Bally Hale boys, they'll be a massive impact when they come back. You could see a lot, you could see a few of the Kilkenny lads, you know, are still in early doors. Uh, training as well. You know, they'll be a lot leaner, a lot fitter, come come championship. But uh I I, I just look I just thought um they much they, they made hard work with that they won by six points but like I thought they were nine, ten, eleven points better team mm-hmm. yesterday. And look, that's fine. Look, lads, if there's one thing I I took out of yesterday, it's 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 this, right? That Noel McGrath um was, is and always will be a class hurler and just the things he did yesterday, and we're always talking about his points and everything, and we want to move on to other things as well. But I, I just myself and my brother were there now yesterday, and like I just watched Noel, right? And we we just said after once or twice, we said, let's keep let's keep an eye on this now. Six times, lads, you got to flick in to dispossess a Kenny let. Now, not like no malice, like or you know? Like you know, it's it's it, it can be on the edge, Barry, I suppose. You know that If you don't make, get the ball, if like, it's a free, but six times to a tee, he got in, he got a flick away. And we got something out of it. And
3: he, he might get the, the kudos for that, maybe in, um, in highlight programs or on papers, lads.
2: But he just showed his class yesterday. Jason Ford won 15, lads. This guy is striking the ball yesterday. And if Kenny, if, if there was a, a bit of light for Kilkenny out of it yesterday, is that Billy Drennan is the real deal. And this guy is going to get better and better. He's well able. We tried two, three guys on him yesterday. He was well able all the time, picked off a few points from play, and he strikes the freeze, lads, lads like TJ. They're just like arrows. It wasn't going that much over the bar because there was a wind there, but he's just arrowing them. And let's finally, before we move on, the smart splitter. Let's. I I I uh, I think it is causing an issue. Let's with some players. Not everyone, but nine times he was dropped sharp from Ollam Park yesterday, and um, six times by Cuckney and three times by Tip. Their goalie, their goalie was coming out, and um, Talis, and he came out and he was taking freeze, and they were uh, like. Debris. Breeze, he was coming up out there to his own 65, like, which is goalkeeper territory, that's really, for freeze. Mm. But I think the smart splitter is an issue for some, lads. I think the rims are bigger and I don't think it's going as far. Fair enough, it's a big boulder now, but look, it's just something I said I'd say. But look, happy days being a tip person going home yesterday, lads for the first time in a long time from Nolan Park.
3: Yeah, it's interesting, Rory, isn't it, just to go back to the the disgruntled Kilkenny fans, there are, there was if there was 10,000 people in Nolan Park, there's a good chance 5,000 of them weren't born the last time Kilkenny played a match that wasn't managed by Brian Cody, they've become very used to a single style of hurling. And in that time, hurling has changed and every other county has adapted to some extent or another. In fairness, David Fitzgerald has managed half of them and speeded the process, etc., etc. But you know what I mean? I, everyone has adapted in some way and Kilkenny haven't had to, and Cody is, you know, said what he said about tactics and yada yada and they've, they've just they got very as Shane says got very accustomed to a certain style of play and Derek Ling is obviously going to change things he's obviously going to adapt to the way clubs play the way the opposition play it's going to be some culture shock
1: massive but at the same time I think it's going to be a good test for Derek Ling as well if you he's going to have to try and stake the course on this and that's like running a gauntlet of 140 years of hurling tradition it's going to be a really difficult uh, pill for some of them to swallow I think what you'll find is they will get a blend right over time and at the start when you try and implement this kind of game it tends to be you tend to overdo it because you're trying to figure it out um I mean we saw at times certainly from Limerick on Saturday night where they must have. They must have had about ten hand passes across the full back line at one stage, which led to a brilliant Kyle Hayes score. So, look, I just think they'll, they're feeling their way through it. The difficulty for him is to try and bring the supporters with him on that front. And look, I think he's 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 made of stern stuff. I don't think it's you know moans and groans will bother him too much. I mean, if you think back to when Cork... I think he'd be
3: shocked if he wasn't getting them.
1: Yeah, but if you think back to even when introduced the short puckouts. The Cork supporters were exactly the same as the way the Kilkenny supporters are now back then. You know, like they were moaning and groaning and when you hit the bloody thing long and all this type of stuff, but they eventually started to understand, look hurling, like the the way it's played is going to change, it's going to evolve and you kind of have to move with it. You can't just lamp 30-70 ball and hope for the best anymore because lads can put the ball over the bar from such long distances now, handing the opposition and it, the incentive in terms of position it's you know it's not exactly the wisest tactical plan from a management point of view but i think yesterday like i'm loving the look at Tipperary i think we got a glimpse of the potential within their team there's a cohesion and fluency in their in their uh, in their play now which i think is definitely aided by a selection party. Alassane, they appear to have a renewed spirit. Um, and they played some sparkling stuff at times there yesterday. And as Shane mentioned, they were by far the better side. They were much better than what the scoreline suggested. They kind of allowed Kilkenny back into a game that they had no right to get back into really. And that'll be a small bit of a concern for Liam. What I will say though in relation to Kilkenny, and again to echo Shane's sentiments earlier, we shouldn't underestimate the influence the Ballyhay lads have. Like It's a, it's a third of your team, starting team. There'll be five Ballyhale lads going to that team when they're picked for championship. And so Ballyhale's success in the club, it has a debilitating effect on Kilkenny's league uh, preparations every year. We've seen this before and once they come back in, I mean, Shane mentioned the players that will come in and then you probably have another two or three that might kind of, you know, slot in on the panel. So... I wouldn't be pushing any panic buttons just yet from a Kilkenny perspective and I just think from Derek's point of view maybe he needs to have a forum like they did with Southampton last (laughs) week and get the supporters into a room and explain the short game to them but look I think they're just going to have to stay the course with this and they will get the blend right over time.
3: Barry you um, obviously had a front row seat for some of the all time great matches between these two counties. And one of the things that people just one of the reasons people paid the admission fee was the fact that they knew the puckouts were going to be rained down on the half back and the half forward line. And you were going to get either Tommy Walsh or Shane there coming out with an incredible catch, or else you were going to get the ball breaking and all hell would break loose for 30 seconds. Um, uh, have you seen the end of that? Is that not going to happen anymore in Kilkenny to uh, very I, much That's
0: funny, Mikey. I was just thinking of that 2014 final, which is such a fantastic game. Oh, yeah. There's also a thing as well like, like Jackie would be regarded as one of the best cornerbacks of all time. Uh, he'd be uh, close to uh, on, on any team of any, him or any whatever with his awards and his. But like uh, Jackie himself, I'd tell you, I'd say that if he'd been born 15, 20 years later, like Jackie was very much, you know, Shane obviously marked him or certainly maybe not Markham, but he was in his vicinity. Turn onto his left, bang. If it didn't go 90 yards, about 95, it never went less than that. And now the modern game. I mean, I, I came across some stat uh, on the rules committee that the average number of hand passes in the game now is between 100 and 120 in hurling. Like which is phenomenal. Um, you mentioned there, you mentioned Mikey about 10 hand passes across the field in the Aurora in the in the yeah. Limerick game. Like it was easily, and that's another bugbear, because I would say yesterday Mullingar. Uh, it was a hundred hand passes, there were ten done properly. Like it's meant to be a release and a strike. It's meant to be like handball, really. And it's just you watch the mo- before the game, there's none of them done properly because it's such a key game now. Like I watched Waterford get leashed on Saturday evening, like, and there was so much off-the-shoulder stuff, so much like coming out, you know, and it has to be just literally flicked out. It's it's just throw it's, it's basically thrown. It is being thrown and I know the referees are meeting this Wednesday in Dublin, and I think they're going to get it hard and fast from the lads in Crow Park because I it's, think it's, it's very very hard on ref- Very court. hard,
1: very hard on referees, though, Barry. Like a lot of the time, hand passes are executed;
0: they're they're out of vision. Like the player will, yeah, I know it's it's Rory. I, I, I it. If they're not blown though, the next you've three you've three rounds of the league really because you're not going to blow them in the, in the in knockout stages, and you certainly won't blow them in the round robin of the Munster Championship in eight weeks' time. Uh, There's three rounds the league left to try and get some kind of clamp on it. I mean, I'm more and more inclined to the the Conor O'Donovan type flick it off the hurley because it's just, it's become an absolute endemic in the game now. And uh, it's basically just just fouling the whole time. It's just throwing, throwing, throwing. Every one in every 10 is done properly. What do you think, Shane? Yeah,
3: that's fair stat now, like the, the amount of hand passes that we're doing. And look, obviously, the game has
2: changed. I suppose there's arguments both sides, isn't there? Like some people will say they're just so quick now and all this, but I suppose more often than not, it probably more probably is a foul, like you know, um, club level, inter-county level, and things like that. But I suppose where is the fine line? Where do you draw it? Barry, like no more so than the crowd giving out about the sharp hand passes. If you yeah. find your buddies are in the middle or keep going for sharp hand passes, jeez, you know you would be you'll be doing well to have two or three guards walking back with you today. Yeah, no, that, that's it. that's, a, that's, a, that's a
0: really good comparison. It is the Derek Ling trying to mollify the Kilkenny crowd because they're used to a certain way and he's yeah. going to get it in the neck and you multiply that by 10 if, if some referee decides he's going to blow all these foul hand passes Sean Clear could have blown Easy could have blown 30 yesterday for hand passes alone and like 3 out of 4 of those then it results in a scorable free because any free within 100 metres is scorable like so um, but it's it's also the game is like even Shane's time like it's unrecognisable Terms like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just the short hand passes off the shoulder. It's more like, more like getting football in a way, in some ways, lads come off the shoulder. Um, you know, short stick passes and so on. Like, it really is, um, short puck outs. Um, it really has like, it's just changed. I couldn't get over Waterford on Saturday, even. Like, it was nearly give the extra pass, even if you were 40 yards out and you were guaranteed slotted over. But the, but the real good thing about the league too, like I can't, the Munster Championship is going to be unreal this year because oh. you have five teams there and oh. you could actually make a strong case that the five of them are like, okay, Clare report away again, but like we saw last year, you know, a lot of players come back yet. Tony wasn't there. Uh, you know, a lot of players come back yet. Like to, to make the knockout stages of the Munster Championship, particularly you know, with, with Pat and Liam in Cork and Tip, because they're clearly yeah. a goal scoring team and of Macca a good piece of the day. We know what Liam, Liam Cahill is, you know, from the under-20s and with Waterford. Uh, don't take the handy point if it means one more pass or one more sidestep means you're clean through. Uh, he wants goals. Tip and Cork, I'd say I reckon they won't win any game this year unless they have a minimum of three goals scored per game.
1: I think it's going to fantastic, Yeah, view yeah like I, I, I actually had was having this con- text conversation last night, Mikey, with Shane, and I. Uh, it's a bold statement, I know, and probably people will say, you know, what the hell is he talking about? But I would actually nearly argue at this point that the five best teams in hurling are all in the one province.
3: Yeah, um for that- yeah. <laughs> Stavary there. <laughs> <all> <laughs> wrong, <laughs>
0: We, we, don't throw, money, we, don't, we don't have many listeners in, in Kilkenny, do we? No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: not
2: anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I throw good. Galway, I throw Galway as I said to you last night, Rory. I, yeah. I, I would throw, I have Galway there, number two. and um, mm. I think they will come good eventually, but I uh, the other four will probably be from Munster. And look, I suppose we're us being from Munster and all that, uh, we're, we're probably. We had this snobbery we're told by our uh, Leicester counterparts, but uh, at the moment I don't care. I don't at care. At the though, moment Shane. we're just uh, oh, just, the, just a stronger the, province. Like, I think so.
1: the, Munster, the Munster hurling championship this year is going to be, a, it's just going to be epic. Because I, I, I mean, you couldn't pick three right now who's going to actually no. come out of it. You know, Limerick <laughs> plus two maybe, but Jesus, it's going to be an absolutely unbelievable. I nearly go so far as to say it's the best competition that the GA have, including the All Irelands.
2: Okay. So then, do we have to understand in Rory more and more so for people to realise we're going to get this, please God, cracker of championships? Hopefully, in Leicester as well. That we have to say, look, if we don't always get it each week in the league, it's okay. Like it's, exactly, it's coming. I yeah. think it's. Yeah. I think it's like at September, yeah. right? You get a little present, okay. But you're, you're saying to yourself, Santa is coming, let just hold out. <laughs> yeah. He is coming yeah. in two yeah. Time. Yeah. It's just, going to be brilliant. I,
1: like. I just, I just to box off there, one other thing, just in relation to Barry's point around the, the hand passing and the throwing of the slitter. I, I, like, I don't know about, but you mentioned Barry about the potential of referees being pulled in now and given a curly finger from the powers that be about pulling up on it. I don't know <laughs> if that's really a long term solution. Like, you know, I, I, like, if you want to implement... An it hasn't worked the last couple of years because they've done it
3: early in the... Like, they usually like, do it early in the league.
1: Look, 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 and a lot of it probably comes down to a referee's ability to actually see the execution. And I, I'd be of the, string, the the very, the very strident view that the sooner we start at least trialling a second referee in hurling, the better. Because if you have a second pair of eyes on the field, you might actually help spot a lot more of these maybe it's a, it's the case that you have a senior ref and a junior ref and you have but but at least if you have somebody out there and you can say look you you watch for the throws, i look after everything else or something along those lines but to call them all in and say lads we need to tighten up no one the hemp has to hit at the championship and then and then i'll go back to the same old same old again like that's not a long-term solution, I would suggest.
3: Maybe yeah, we can have a team of 12 of them and they can wear red, black and white stripes and all carry yellow flags. No, try something. <laughs> try something a little <laughs> bit different. That's what you need to keep your eyes on everything that's going on in a hurling field. But, like, you I, know. Actually,
0: even from my time, when it was more traditional game, like the, the games that Shane tend to play, you know, it was more traditional, you know, lads and positions and so on. Um, like It is definitely even much more difficult to referee now because they have probably Stood. gone to a new level of strength and conditioning. And then there's so much short stuff hmm. that you're almost bringing into contact and you're getting it off the shoulder. And there's much more contact and much more, you know, tendency to maybe the half the you know, the half foul or spare hand, call it what you want. Like it definitely is it's much easier to referee when the likes of Jackie gets it yeah. in the cornerback position and he lamps it <laughs> seventy-five yards down to Owen Larkin <laughs> and, and Shane competing for it under the same ball. And and then it's suddenly just two of them and suddenly there's never it's very rarely two now, like it's it's four, five, six lads competing yeah. for it. Yeah. Like it, it will be, you know, it, it will be difficult. It's definitely hard against a referee because uh there's more contact. But more like we all said among referees, hurling is easier game to referee than football.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's still the case, I think, but I think the gap has narrowed it significantly. Definitely narrowed.
3: Mm. Shane in it's interesting. Of, you know, uh, Shane, like,
0: getting back, like I would think that uh like the possibility you couldn't rule the possibility that cork and tip you know, you've been into a bookies and you put odds in Cork and Tip reach in the and hurling final this year, it would you wouldn't get massive odds. I think they're both in a really good place at the moment. And yet obviously might and and yet they both yeah. might get out of muster. Yeah. Keep, keep that down over.
3: Keep that
2: down, <laughs> um,
3: just finally on the hand passing Shane, I'd just be interested in your perspective as a former player. Um I think I think a second referee is a great idea, but it's probably considering the referee population at the moment is probably not realistic. Uh, So you get two other solutions that tend to get thrown up for this problem, uh, if you consider it a problem. One is the eradication of the hand pass and bring in like the brick flick as the only means of a short pass. Or second, do away with calling fouls on on a hand pass and just leave it as like almost open season for underhand throws. Do you like either of those as some sort of solution or are they both terrible ideas?
2: And they're not terrible ideas, no. Like, I mean, I suppose the chance of them happening would be the same as maybe Rihanna performing half time in the All Ireland Hurling final. Like, you know, like,
3: <laughs> She'll be quite uh, heavily pregnant by then, Chance, yeah, so it's yeah, not gonna but, happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, but look,
2: child minders are great now. So, uh, I, I, look, I don't think any will go to that extreme. No, I don't think you can You take away the hand pass. You know, it is in inverted commas a skill of the game, uh, it is being abused at the moment, but um, if if it was. If it was the biggest biggest problem we had in Ireland, I I think the majority of people, would just go, ah, look, we we'll, we we'll, we'll let it go. Like, would you, would, my you be,
1: would you be in favor of, let's say, putting a limit? You know, you're allowed to um, consecu- You're allowed to consecutive. Two consecutive <laughs> let's say i like, I'm just I'm just making up an.
2: Yeah, yeah, game yeah. Games. I suppose you're making it harder on, on like Barry there you know, But are you though? Are you like right. can referees think, not uh, count? Yeah. Can referees oh, not count bad. to two? Oh, come here, lad. come here. Watch Keen image. watch that little triangle. <laughs> there could be five hand passes in two seconds. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I I just think look, um it, look, it obviously is a bugbear for, for for a lot of people and it obviously is an issue. Um with, it there is a breach of the rules in the game. Like what's the quick fix for it? I don't know, let's I don't know. Mm. Make the smart slitter smarter. That it actually
3: beep 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 beep, beep beeps when uh when it isn't a proper hempest. So I don't know yeah, yeah well, I don't know is... how you could do that. No, that's just that's, that's a that's a mensa member <laughs> uh, member slitter there. Um I feel we're going we're going down a rabbit hole here. It could be down yeah. to sleep deprivation. Um we'll we'll move on to Salt Hill um because Barry's had to talk about Westmead. shane has got to talk about tip now. We have to give give Rory his Rory his chance. To talk about another very impressive Cork performance, Rory. Only the league, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, that third quarter was impressive stuff.
1: There was a a few things that stood out. I Like, again, no different to Shane uh, reflecting on Tipperary's performance. I wouldn't be getting too carried away, but I do think to go... Up to Galway to put four twenty-four on the board to have the
3: game more or less. In done. February. That's yeah, you know.
1: You know, in Salt Hill, where where it holds. There was game no wind, the Marty times. said. No, though. no, apparently it was, it was a calm day. Th-
3: that's uh, their was, one mile day of the year now. That's, yeah, that's done. There was yeah. there
1: there was a kind of a sevens field to it at times. It was very loose and it was open, and there were, you know, handy scores of plenty. I thought actually Galway played really well in the first twenty. and um, they kind of kept carking the game. Galway's discipline, you know. Pushing in the back arms around chop downs, little flakes across the arms, like they were all penalized I just thought, you know, definitely going to need to tighten up on that. And Cork basically ran riot for five minutes after half time, scored two, three unanswered, and that was it. The game was busted. Then from Galway perspective, there was one, there was two things that stood out for me though. One which I didn't see anybody pick up on just yet, but I thought would give a very good insight into Pat Ryan and the way he thinks. So in the lead-up to the second Cork goal after half-time, I think it was the Conor Lee Han one, or was it Shane Barrett? I can't remember which one now, but um, Oisin Salmon had been booked in the first half by Johnny Murphy, who had a good game, by the way, and in the lead-up to the the Cork goal just after half-time, he hit... A flake across. Now, like a referee, sometimes in that scenario, might decide look, they've scored a goal. I'm not going to double down here by giving him a second yellow and sending the fella off as well. But he didn't. He did, he made the correct decision and he sent Oshin Salmon off. And Galway were down to 14 players. But what I thought was very interesting was within a minute and a half of that happening, Pat Ryan took Sam Quirk off. Now, Sam Cork had been booked about 10 minutes before halftime. And it was a, a proper book and it was a shoulder charge to the head. Maybe even you could have even considered a, a red card. But anyway, I thought what was interesting from uh, Pat Ryan's point of view was it, the way he thinks in that I'm not going to give him the opportunity to even things up here because Sam was obviously skating on tin ice and he whipped him straight away. So to my mind, that showed... A sense of a shrewdness on his part that I think from a Cork supporter's point of view you'd be encouraged that you just get a sense you won't be found wanting on the sideline here for a fella to be thinking smart, thinking quick on his feet. And the other big thing, I suppose, was the form of Declan Dalton. I mean, a guy that was discarded last year. Um and the a former his... goalkeeper, didn't you know? If you been squad a bit underage yes like I think to be fair to the previous management there was a sense that when the summer sod comes in the pace quickens that he wouldn't he just doesn't have the legs for inter-county hurling for the you know to kind of but look at the same time he does give you a target option He's a very good stick merchant. I mean, he's fantastic skills. And the one thing that I thought was very peculiar, which I really enjoy, is his free-taking style. A lot of free-takers nowadays, as, you, as we all know, they stand over the ball. He steps into it and he holds the hurley with kind of a double grip at the top. And he kind of, you know, it's a jab lift as opposed to a roll lift. So when he flicks it up, the ball is pretty wild. So to actually make that kind of a contact from that distance, it's John Gardner was kind of the last fella that I saw that, but even he didn't really have that style, you know? So there's a kind of an unusual um, element to the way he plays the game. He's very unorthodox. And I think he could be a really good option for Cork coming into championship, but don't necessarily ever see him playing 70 minutes. And But yeah, I think from a Galway perspective, you know, look, I think they've a bit of work to do. They have a few players still to come back. As do Cork, by the way. Alan Connolly, again, no sign yesterday. And I think he's another player that I'd have an awful lot of time for. Mark Coleman, Tim O'Mahony, still a few players to come back to. But yeah, I just felt like it was a classic league game in that you can't be reading too much into it either.
3: No, Barry, um, Cork, the one thing you'd you'd appreciate about their attack is they're very direct. They're, they're really very they're running up, yeah. st- running straight at Galway. And the Galway defense is one that a lot of teams would think twice about running at Galway defenders. But Cork, Lahan, uh Dalton, these lads, they were they were, you know, they were pinning back the ears and just running at Galway, which is a brave enough tactic.
0: I like no, no wasn't playing either. Pat Horgan, mm. uh Jack O'Connor, um, yeah. the guy who got injured yeah, yeah. la forget the guy who um did his ankle last Robbie.
1: Robbie, Ufley, Robbie Offen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Robbie Offen. You know, like, yeah. this, you mentioned Alan, like, there's four or five potential, you would have said nearly, of the the first starting sextet in away didn't play yesterday and, uh, like, they're the kind of team that, you know, a bit like tipping away, I know I keep picking them up to them, but they will, they will get better with with good sod and top of the ground and Turles and Parky Quee for to play a lot of their matches come to the round robin. Um, you know, there really will be and, like, but God, the Gaelic grounds now have been resodded and a fantastic surface now. Like it's really going to be a, you know, a great shootout with these teams. Like Cork, um, uh, very impressive so far. I, I, I'd say now, the West. Me, I think they have West Westmead next, so mm. they have six points and pretty much nearly guaranteed semi-final place with six points. Really, and they're the not out. Are they? are the semis or the semifinals gone? No,
1: no. So no. that's oh, semis. No. It's just the quarter.
0: Yeah. 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 So <laughs> Don't the war. Yeah, but as well as that, they're going to be, um they're, they're the only, obviously, the only team not out in the first round of the Munster round robin. Yeah. So, like, there's no doubt, it's a long, long time, God, since Cork, Rory, since Cork won a national league title. 98, 98, sorry. Yeah. Obviously, heralded a of the golden period too. Like, so, you know, I, I would think that there'd be a very, I'd say Pat Ryan is not averse to the idea that, getting to a league final, which they got to last year, didn't perform, but getting to a league final this year with no round robin, which means they have going about three weeks before chapter. championship, that's ideal preparation. You know, you can just train hard, get a week off, taper, whatever. League final, uh, you know, I, you can't win enough national t- two to win, like in Cork won a national title in whatever, 18, 18 years? Yeah.
1: 2005. Yeah. you See a two-year-old like that, coin on
3: keep, the floor.
0: Keep, you have to keep, pick it up Keep, keep reminding mind, there Barry. <laughs> uh, um. Like I, 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 I do think that you know, new manager, you know, like Shane Kingston, and all those lads, like they're mm. serious, serious pace and serious potential in that team, mm. um, and they've had good underage coming through now. Um, you mentioned there, like lads were missing yesterday. If Mark, I don't know what Mark Coleman's situation is. Whether he'd be back, I don't think so. Yeah he seems to have a longer term but but I I can't go back to the same thing but like three out of five teams and talk about a group of death in World Cup and soccer and so on this is like three out of five two big big teams you know and and that's probably why John Kiley has Limerick in a better place than they were 12 months ago because he realises you lose your first game in the round robin and you are really looking nearly at knockout Yeah, yeah Yeah, and like Um, you're playing the first couple of weeks in April like knockout championship virtually
3: yeah um, Shane, you, to get away from the Cork Love in, you, you you said you you'd have Galway in there at at number two. Thanks for including a Leinster, <coughs> a Leinster county in your top five. It's very good of you. Um, the what 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 is your reason for optimism? You know, outside of the fact that Henry Sheffield's is our manager and they they've bucket loads of talent. You just you're you're just marking this down as early rounds of the league. They've been trying a lot of players. What do you see about Galway that you like at the moment? Uh, oh.
2: I, I, I just think uh, I, I do think that they, when they get everyone right and they get everyone fresh like I was just looking through there about players involved in Fitzgibbon there's 37 Galway players involved in Fitzgibbon right and there's 20 Cork players involved mm. No, they're not all in the senior panels mm. but a lot of them are right so I think when, when, when the Fitzgibbon is, is done next weekend um, that you'll have like Henry Sheffield in particular will have a bigger pool of fresher players to pick from. Okay. Uh, I put it to you like that. I'm talking about Evan Nyland, Brian Campanen, even Oshin Salmon. we he got sent off yesterday. They've done they've done a lot of hurling over the last few weeks. And um, they'll be fresher and they'll be, you know, because, because they'll be fresher, they'll be they'll be able to make decisions better and quicker, and et cetera, et cetera. Tierney Killeen, Donald O'Shea, and, and O'Shea's son, as I said, he bulked up. Um T.J. Brennan. did a lot, a lot of these guys are still involved, it's given, or, or war up to last week. So I think that Henry Shefflin, there, there was no real panic with him. Yesterday. I didn't see I didn't see him that he was overly disappointed at the end of the game. I think he was this very disappointed with maybe the reaction when they went down to 14, like Cork just steamrolled him, as I was saying to Rory there before, it was probably the most unphysical Galway performance, if that's a word, and that I've seen for some time. We, we associate him with big guys, physical guys that are able to hurl. And I still think when it comes down to it, they were the closest to Limerick last year when they both went toe to toe in championship. And I think when he gets everyone back, I still do fancy him. And I still think they'll have a big say in the league. Because I think this will be maybe a bit of a kick up the arse for him that they might need it. Like that Cork came up without you mentioned them all last miss missing with their team. Cork could have been missing maybe 50-60% of their team yesterday, potentially when it comes to championship. And they they turned them over and 424. They had to have a hope of winning a game if they're conceding four goals. So, yeah. I think that would be a massive stick to beat with them. So, look, I, 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 th- I still think Galway will be fine. And um, if I just talk about Cork for one second, it was just one quote that I heard from Conor Han after the match. I just yeah. thought it was a brilliant quote from him. And he just he was interviewed. And I, I love Conor Han as a murder lads. Yeah. I love him, but I think he's a confidence player. And I think he's got a bit of his confidence back because of the trust this management having him, in my opinion, right? Played
1: the full match again yesterday. Played the
2: full match again yesterday, and we spoke about last week, Rory. I think he was getting taken off in the first game under under other managements, in my opinion, okay? But he got that point against Limerick, and how he was brilliant yesterday. And he said, they asked him about what's, what's different, like, or what, what do you feel is different? And he just said, we're just responding in the moment now. And I thought it was, I, I was thinking about it, that that's a brilliant quote. Like whether he like he didn't overthink it or anything, but he meant it. And I just thought back, right? In the Munster League, they were down eight points against Tip. They were down eight points against Limerick. And you know, they had to claw their way back into that in the first half yesterday. And I just thought, right, that this group of car players are responding in the moment. They're walking the walk and they're talking to the talk. And they're doing it like so. That's why I think. That's, it, it it is a great group there for Cork. It was a great win from yesterday, lads. I tell you, it's fair hard up Salt Hill and be golden the league. Yep. Because I I have never played up there that it hasn't been gale force wind, even on nice days. And if it was a calm day yesterday, I guarantee you it is still fairly breezy there. And, <laughs> right. So that's that's just the way Salt Hill plays. So. <laughs> Well done, Cork. Great victory. Am I worried about Galway? I'm not. I don't think he's chef in this either. either. I, I still do actually think that they might have a say by um, coming to semi-finals in the league as well. Yeah.
3: Um, so moving on, Rory, just a, a quick mention on, on Dublin and Antrim, which um seems to be a very entertaining game. Um, Michal Dunne seems to have pretty immediate impact there. I, I know it's Antrim, but Antrim, as they showed against Kilkenny in the first week, you know, they're, they're you know, they're, they're competitive, And they did make this interesting in the last five minutes, but in the same way as Galway made the court game interesting in the last five minutes, the chances of they would have needed another five or ten minutes kind of thing. Um, The spread of scores from Dublin is really impressive. Um, Donald Burke obviously kind of stepping into that role now as scorer in chief. Um, There was a lot of doom and gloom around Dublin hurling, and I know know it's a draw against Waterford in the first round, and they've beaten Antrim, which is a game they'd be expected to win. But at least they won it and the manner in which they won it, like, I think it'll be encouraging to Dublin hurling fans.
1: I think they'd be very encouraged by what they're seeing so far. Um, Michal Donoghue gave an interview before the game yesterday and he mentioned the word identity twice, maybe, maybe three times in the course of the interview. And I think that's very much what they're looking to try and carve out is a kind of a new identity for this team. You know they've lost some players. We know Liam Rush and um, Chris Cromie have decided to go travelling. I don't know what's going on with Danny Sutcliffe, where whether or not he will be back at some point in the near future. You would hope that he will be. He'll definitely add a little bit more substance to that half forward line. Donald Burke, I'd say, would get on any team in the country. You know, just given the quality of play that he can produce from from open play and from dead balls, they've got arguably the best full-back in the country, man and. the uh, the most problematic position I would suggest maybe for a lot of counties because it is a hard position to find somebody to fill that role and he's probably the best that there is. So he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of good component parts. I just think like yesterday and yesterday they came flying out of the blocks and they had kind of more or less, you know, and I think hurling, modern inter-county hurling is fascinating, I think in that regard, like you have to be very, very careful. What's that old saying that they used to say in um, in 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 relation to golf majors, in that you don't, you can't win it on the first on, on the first day, but you can certainly lose it. And I think yeah. in hurling, it's quite similar in that you might necessarily win the game in the first ten minutes, but you can definitely lose it in the first ten minutes if you're not switched on from the get go. Because the, the 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 damage that teams can do in such a short little burst and spells of periods, they can absolutely destroy you. And I think Dublin kind of gave themselves a cushion, which maybe you know just refuse to allow Antrim any sort of foothold in the game whatsoever and I think from there from there they found it quite difficult to, by the time they managed to sort of reassert themselves I'd say the game was more or less gone from them they did put respectability on it at the end I think Donald Cusick mentioned it last night that they're just struggling to make that breakthrough they are doing an awful lot of the right things you would love to see a fifth competitive team in in Leinster, they're probably the closest that could maybe
3: achieve that, but they're still that little bit off, unfortunately. Yeah. It, they're, they're two counties, Barry, aren't they? were they are a different level. Dublin are obviously a level above Antrim, but they're two counties I think people in Hurling kind of are, feel a little bit invested in. They feel if Hurling's healthy in Dublin, that can only be good if, you know, if Hurling is kind of getting its fair share of the limelight from the footballers. And obviously, Antrim as the Northern outpost of kind of top level hurling, who have been in the doldrums for a fair few years recently. If the two of them can can be competitive in the Leinster cha- properly competitive in the Leinster championship, um, you know those of us on the on the east coast can can take some heart in that. And hurling in general, you know, it needs as many top level counties as it's get can get. So to see that match last night, yesterday played as competitively as it was, you know, it's early in the season, but you know, it it you know it's a good sign. I suppose is the way to put it. Uh,
2: you've lost him you've you now, Mikey. You think?
3: I've lost him. He's gone. I didn't include Wes Meese. Co- <laughs> he's coming he's, back. But look, on
2: the, on, the, on the Antrim thing, lads, if I could touch on that, like, I mean, Darren Leeson is up there, right? And um, so I'll be good buddies with Darren, like, with a hold of him and everything. And like, where he took that over from. And you know, I'm just saying because he's he's a good he's a friend of mine as well. But like he took it over from a dark place, like you know, I mean, a couple of hundred people going to a match in Corrigan Park to full houses there now. So success is relative. But I think that I agree with you, Mikey. I think this 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 moral victory thing is gone. And I do think that for themselves as a group to be taken even more seriously than what they are, because nobody's going up Carrigan Park now anymore thinking, ah Handy one. Th- yeah, it's we tough, but you know what? We'll come out with by eight or nine. Everyone's going up there. There's no more surprise element there Hurricane Park. I think that's gone. and I think that's a credit to the players and the management. But I just think that they do need to travel somewhere now and get a big win. And I think they know that themselves. And I'm just looking at round three here now, and I think they're away to Watford. And Watford with, you know, guys coming back all the time. Austin Gleason was absolutely unbelievable again the other night. If he, uh, <laughs> I think he's nearly played himself with the impact so more at this stage. He scored seven points the other day when he came on, like... But um, <laughs> I just think Antrim need for themselves and for the group to, to get a victory, to get a victory soon, to mm. really kind of rubber stamp that this is all the effort we're making, everything we're doing, lads, yeah, it's great, and all the kudos we're getting from outside. We're here now. Yeah, but you know what? We need to get a win now. We need to get a result. And I think that's, Mikey, just to pick up your point, I, I think that's what they need more than anything now, is they need a result in the league. And, mm. not, against, and, and not against leash and Westmead, with all due respect to them, it needs to be. It needs to be either turnover Waterford or, or, or turnover Tip or something like that. For me, yeah. like you
3: know, personally. Yeah, we lost you there, Barry. I think, and you're back. Good to see yeah, you. Yeah, you're okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, we, ju- we were just saying that um, Antrim and Dublin uh, hurling in general needs these two counties to be strong. So the kind of the closeness and the quality of that match yesterday is kind of is, is heartening for the game of hurling.
0: Yeah, and I, I think the biggest advantage Dublin have is that the managerial appointment, which I think took a lot of people by surprise when it happened. Like I saw Franny is in the line. I think they have Noel Larkin. That the full Galway 2017 all-Ireland winning. And there's not that many, if you think about it, now that Brian cody has gone and John Kiley's obviously in Limerick, there's not that many all-Ireland winning managers knocking around the place that you can pick up and say, you know, me, i know, very calm on the sideline. You know, three two good lads with him, Franny Ford and Noel Larkin. Uh, I think it's the biggest advantage Dublin have is that a really proven managerial team Go in there, and uh, there's obviously potential in Dublin hurling. Lots of hurlers, uh, you know, and I, I suppose a bit like at a lower level than Munster, you know. I suppose you don't have as many teams at the highest higher level, but that battle for, if you want to call it the third place, if you want to call it that, like you know, Mikey might be offended by that. But the Wexford Dublin, you know, getting that into the qualifiers for the from the round robin, Munster's more competitive. We know that there's five top top teams, but you know, Dara and, and Mike and Michal, I don't know who will be looking at that now. You know, they're always looking at maybe turning over Galway or Kilkenny maybe in a one-off game, but they're really looking at the one-point game last year and it kind of scuppered Dublin's chances in a way. But a uh, big battle there for that third spot because uh if you're not in the third spot in Leinster, you're in, in no man's land. You really are. You're not much above then the Antrims and the Leashes and West Mies really like, and that's not where they want to be.
3: It's true. Munster may have the quality, but Leinster has this desperate sense of desperation. That's what we got. That's that's our that's our selling point. Um, finally, lads, we'll go we we will go back to Saturday night, and a match I think we were all like really really looking forward to, and um, Shane, it was it, it was it really was quite disappointing in the end, really oh, yeah. wasn't it? And as good as Limerick were at times, you did get the sense that. Claire just they just didn't fire. I don't think you can give Limerick all the credit here. Claire just didn't seem to fire, did they?
2: No, they didn't no She said a six-point hammer and I agree totally with him. yeah uh, it's it was when the fixtures were made, like you know, and uh, I, I I was on duty in Port Leash, and I could have nobody would have believed me if they said, you know what, bet you know, next weekend it'll be a better match between the Port Leash team Watford and Leash than it will be
3: between If people would be looking at you
2: going, you're a man no way and it actually was yeah. like. it was actually yeah. more like, up to like up to minute um, I think it was minute 42 when in Corby got his matching orders it was actually a very good game before it. like it's, it never got into life at all and look lads we could be here all day talking about it and everything here, here's one thing I, I, I took from it right and I, I take credit to the, it's a guy on Twitter J.A. Statsman I think he's called so I have to give you credit to this in the in the first half, right from play, you all about teams getting shots up and efficiency and everything, right? Limerick Limerick got off fifteen shots from play, open play, though, not from free right? And they scored twelve. How many shots did Clare get off from play in the first half? let Would you guess it? Like? Eight. Seven. So, all right, you know, like don't have Kevin Bridges' sketch where you know how much did it cost you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. 50 bucks. Oh. They got off five shots from play, Lex, right in the whole first half now, and they scored wow. two, and they scored two. So that to me, even alone, we go through everything else, efficiency and everything like that, you know, they got off five shots from play and scored two. Like, they were miles off there the other night. They they really were. And whether they weren't allowed to play or not, I don't know. But I mean, Limerick dominated that. It was a six-point hammering. And yet, John Kiley comes out of it perfectly set up with a stick to beat him with, saying, uh, I was happy enough with up to minute 55, and what happens then? Claire actually outscored them 1 9 to 1 1. A perfect situation for John Kylie. Yeah. Missing nine or 10 of the best players in the country. He wins the match by six points, pulling up. And yet he can still go back to them tonight and tomorrow night and go, that is not good enough for me. Do we want to be on this panel or not? And lads, like, I mean, that's, that's, that's why they're way ahead. Like. They really are. That's why they're number one. And we're all playing catch up. And will we get there someday? Hopefully we will. But Kylie, like, another quote when you get your chance, you have to take it. Adam English, did he take his chance? For me, he did. I mean, it was epitomised by the way he get, get that ball into a Dalek. And then, my, and then Mihal Hoolan, who said, he was interviewed afterwards and asked him how you find it, he said, the work is hard, but the hard work is enjoyable. And I think that's what the group is all about. Mm. The, yeah. the, the, the regulars are being kept on their toes by the Mahal Hoolans, the Adam Englishes, the Colin Coughlins of the panel, who, if, if they're getting settled at all, that's right. I'm talking about the top players now if they're going, I'm kind of established now. And we were all like, you know, we can all see teams and players in every sport and you get to a stage in their careers, you get to a stage in the team's growth, they say, I'm going to be playing anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't mm. need to push hard neighbors A versus B here. I don't. Mm. Like, they can't because Colin Cochran is saying, come here, Kyle Liz. if it's not happening for you, I'm taking your jersey. Like, Or, or, or Darrell Donovan is saying, so I better step it up here or it's my clubmates going to be playing midfield instead of against me. Shane O'Brien is coming in as an 18-19 year old saying, Come here, Shane Flanagan, if it's not working out, I want that jersey. And that's why they're so good, lads, because everybody is keeping everybody on their toes. John Kiley is finding something to get them better every time. They're in they're in a great place. And lads, I tell you, when they get everybody back. I mean cool. it's gonna be some nightmare to pick that team. And that's yeah. and that's why look, we're not blowing them up here. We're just stating the facts. They're the best team in the country. The rest of us have to try and get there. Claire are a country mile off it the other night. Mm. Whether they make to be or not, they're training hard. Five shots from playing and open in the first half of play of Hurland. Mm. i tell you, if if the stick is big, the John Kylie has to be him with. It is a fair big
3: stick. Has yeah. to be. We're going to be in that territory where um, you know the, the best game of Ireland in the, in, uh, in the country is uh, the A versus P game down in Limerick. Like we used yeah, to but I, I, actually, I actually
0: think Shane and Mikey makes a really good point there because of all teams, Limerick have been unbelievably settled the last four or five years. Do you know what I mean? Like, Barry Mike Casey getting injured, Barry Nash come in at cornerback. Other than that, like, half-back line, midfield, half-forward line, full-forward line. Okay, Peter Casey was injured for a while. But, like, an unbelievably settled team and I'd say, Kylie, deep down, would like that, you know, hard to win, hard to go going for now, five out of six or whatever it is, hard to win that many All-Irelands at that level without some kind of, you know, yeah. changeover, without some kind of, you know, you just don't see it. I mean, the last team we saw it that was that settled was the Kerry team in football back in the 70s. Like, even Dublin oh, yeah. team that, the Dublin team that, that dominated football in the the last five or six, seven years, they never had the exact same team out. No, but he's two new players.
2: He's two new players this year, Barry, and their names are Keane Lynch and Peter Casey. Like.
3: Yeah, Peter Casey yeah. got one <laughs> point there it's, in the first half. Killer, oh life. my god!
2: <laughs> you know, you're going, you got these lads hard to play last year. Yeah. Two new guys coming in. absolutely wasn't Jeez, let's you know. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. I, I have to
3: say, Rory, I thought there was one point there in the first half. Peter Casey got from the sideline, and you're just like, there's not very many guys who can score that point. He is. He's. He's like. He is like a new player for Limerick, Magic. and it's scary.
1: He's a magician, absolute ma- a little wizard. Hands the hands on him, the wrists on him, you know, and um, like, yeah, they're just, a, it's an embarrassment of riches. The one, the one thing that I'd like, the one person I'd like to pick up, and I just felt so strongly about it the other night, I don't often tweet anymore, but I mean, Gerard Hagerty, for me, I just, I think we are potentially with, missing an all-time great I mean there might be I don't know how many all-time greats come off this Limerick team there might be two or three but Garrett Hegarty for me is definitely going to be one of them I mean does he ever play badly you know he gave away a cheap free down the other night and he picked up a book and I think for his trouble which Claire pointed from and the very next puck out he wins an incredible ball over his head on the run and sets up a score at the other end just mentally as tough a player as there is physically I don't know what you do with him You know, on top of all of that, he has unbelievable skill. Like he can get the ball up in the tightest of spaces. Wonderful vision to see what's going on around him. Peerless accuracy from any range. Scores goals, tackles back, big, powerful, pace.
2: Unbelievable golfer, as well. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know,
1: I, I, I think, I think, and and I was, I, I, it should have been a standing ovation. He should have got. No, he did get a very good ovation when he was been taken off the other night. I just think we're witnessing one of the, one of the real greats here. Um, never really seems to get injured. He's always fit. I mean, I just, uh, I think any opportunity you have, to, you have to go and watch him play, I think people should grab it with both hands. And you know one interesting thing about him as well? You mentioned multi-sport, um, uh, multi-sport skills. If you put Garrod Hagerty, the Gaelic footballer, into the Limerick football team, you have a different Limerick football team.
3: Because
1: yeah. I, I, I've seen him playing Gaelic football, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. He was, he was on I mean,
2: the football before the Hurling like wasn't he, there for? Yeah. For yeah. Football, like, he's yeah. hes just an athlete. So he's just... But look, they look. We can all have big guys, like you know, and, and they can do a job for you. But they have a selection of six foot four, five, six guys who are the most one of the, some of the most riskiest hurlers we've seen yeah. in, in modern day hurling. Like they just they're taking all the boxes, like you know.
1: Kyle Hayes comes back in. It was unreal the other night again, you well, know. So
3: yeah, they are impressive. And Barry, they can they can do this to a team, can't they? Like Claire would have had a fair bit of confidence coming in after an easy opening round win and, you know, talk about they're building the squad. And then, as Shane says, you're, you can't be absolutely sure of their motives, but what, whatever way Owen wanted him to go out and play, he would have been expecting more than a goal from play or from freeze from his full forward line. That's all they got. Galvin got a goal, Mark Rogers, Peter Duggan without a score. It, it, it It's very early in the season, but when you know you're going to have to probably beat that team to win any silverware in the summer, it could, it could probably take a bit of the wind out of your sails too and make training Tuesday night that little bit more difficult.
0: Yeah, and like I went on particularly earlier on about, you know, Cork and Tips scoring goals and teams don't want to get goals. But, like, you go and you try and get a goal against, you know, Rory mentioned about the all-time greats. Like, I mean, Sean Finn plays another two seasons oh, yeah. the way he's been playing for the last six, seven years. And he'll be, I don't know who the, the greatest cornerback of all time is, but Sean Finn will be right up there because he's a really kind of a traditional cornerback. He's a real man marker. Barry Nash is more even more of a playmaker at this stage because mm. he's a spare man of the puckouts and he sets up a lot of scores and he's a, a forward by by trait nearly by nature. Uh like to try you'll need to beat that Limerick team you will need goals. But by God that is easier said than done to get in yeah. past those lads, in past the half back with Declan and sitting and with you know, Dan Morrissey who can play anywhere and you know Dear McBurn like it's just I can't see a team beating them unless you scored at least two goals. Mm. Uh, outpointing them has nearly been impossible in the last five or six seasons. And even the one year they were beaten against Kilkenny, they had a stat there a bit like Shane throughout out there a minute ago in terms of the incredible number of wides that day against Kilkenny. And that's in the final. They had about 19 wides. Well, and Barry, started, they started they Barry, badly. And started badly.
2: Barry, in your, in your opinion, are they gone to, is it going to a stage with Limerick now, right? At am time about championship Limerick now, okay? Where the, where the best 20 lads are there in their face. That they have to be poor, and the rest of us have to be brilliant, beat them. Or what? Or what, or what
0: is it? Like? I, I, yeah, I, 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 think, yeah I, it. Think, I think. if they're if they're eight out of ten across the team, or eight and a half out of ten, you'd be very hard pushed. You'd need, you'd need ten out of ten. That's not going to happen from from ten lads like it. You'd mm-hmm. really, you know, you have to get them on a slight off day. The only off day they've had in five years was that semi final against Limerick against Kilkenny, where they lost by a point. Uh, and if the game had gone to extra time, I have no doubt they would have won that day. I just, they would just come and you know, misjudged the whole thing. And Cian had a very bad wide at one stage in that game. They had horrendous wides in that game. Uh, and obviously Kenny, you know, dug it out. Like, but, uh, yeah, with yeah, well, Tim,
2: are, that's, that's all that matters in the
0: game. <laughs> if <it's> <laughs> Mikey, by the way, the next time you contact me, I'm going to have to vary my approach. Your man has mentioned golf. Kevin Bridges and Santi in one podcast. I tell you and what, Rihanna. beat that. And
2: Rihanna, I, I got Rihanna in there as well. And
0: Rihanna, sorry. Yeah, I tell you what now. I Tell you what, Tommy Tiernan should have you on Beckham stage.
3: He's a man of many talents, of, of a polymath, what, as, we, as we call him. The,
0: the, 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 the kids in Ballinch School are very, very lucky. They very are, lucky. They are <laughs>
3: very lucky, very um Shane, uh, be, before before we completely blow your head so that it doesn't fit in the screen anymore, a, f- a final point on Limerick. And you've probably been involved in some squads like this. At what point does healthy competition in a squad, you know, bleed over into lads being disillusioned and getting cranky and kind of not being motivated because they're not getting game time? Is an intercounty season got a few enough games and is short enough that that doesn't happen? Or over the course of uh, years with so many talented hurlers in Limerick, probably, you know, not making the matchday squad, never mind, not getting the game. Uh, could that become a problem for John Kiley or is that just one of his skills is managing that situation?
2: That's uh, a very good question, Mikey, mm, yeah, and you is. know what, if, if you have 34, 35 guys, not a hope, you're going to keep everyone of them happy, but you know what the consistency for Limerick has been with all this success, is the management team has been the same, so when you are coming in there, you know the culture, like, if you take it like, say, when, when there's a change in management, things change and maybe certain standards slip here and there, unknowns to people, but the, the management has been the constant there for Limerick. No more so than management was the constant with Kilkenny. You knew going in there that if I start sulking here now, or if I start putting a puss on it, or if I sit in the wrong place maybe, they'll just, I, I just won't be. It's not accepted here. And you know that before you go in there. Like there's guys who've gone in there on the back of really good club championship performances with Limerick. Aiden O'Connor there from Bally Brown. You're talking about um, Odalik from Moan Lean, right? Other guys have gone in there on the back of really good club champions, but they know before they go in there because their buddies are in there or their club mates are in there. Look, this won't be accepted. You have to come in and try and earn this jersey. And if you don't do that, there's another two or three guys that they will bring in instead of you. So come in and give it everything. If you don't like it, if it's not for you, fine. You'll be told fairly quickly, like four lads were told the other day by by John Kiley, we don't need you now for the rest of the year. We might have a look at you again. One of them has three All-Ireland medals in the form of Pat Ryan so I think Mikey when there is that standard set from the top I think you're going in there knowing what is expected and if you are the person who's not happy about it you've two choices you can either work hard to try and get on it or you can stay at home and watch Love Island it's up to you (laughs) (laughs) another pop
1: pop culture reference I love (laughs) it
0: actually sorry Mikey you comparison. one very good comparison another team in green going well at the moment like the Irish rugby team, if you told anyone you'd beat France without, say, three or four, probably Lions players, Jameson, Gibson Park, and Henshaw, Furlong, and uh, the the hooker, Sheehan, Sheehan, is it? Um, Who's probably the best hooker in the world at the moment. Four guys, and yet the third choice hooker comes in and has a huge game. And now suddenly Robbie Henshaw, who's a Lions player, is not guaranteed to get his place back because McCluskey, and it's the exact same as Seamus saying there, you either buy into it, or you sulk and you stay at home and you're not part of that success. And, you know, that's, Kylie has that now in terms of, you know, lads, no young lad in Limerick or no lad who's 20 years of age in Limerick and a good club hurler give, give his eye teeth to be even invited on to the, the mm. to make the championship squad is what they're absolutely mad keen to do now. Like it was in Kilkenny during the, the golden time and like it was when Shane was with, Tipperary and they had their 9 or 10 years where they were either top team or second team in the country there was no one turning down chances to be on the squad and if a lad was going well at club action his first thought was will, will Sheedy or will whoever spot me and mm-hmm. if you get in then you're not going to act the clown inside and in you're going to be driven, that culture is going to drive you on like Nihal Hoolan the other day, Kylie gave him barely 12 points, 8 from pl- eight freeze, brilliant freeze, 4 from play and yet Kylie barely gave him a mention after the game and I also kind of dropped a heavy hint that lads who are not playing at the moment, who are established big names, they better show their hand fairly soon because I have lots of lads. And he was definitely firing that across the bows of some players. Yeah. Don't think lads are going to come back in here now in April because, again, this whole split season, lads would want to be on the top of their game in another three and four weeks' time you'll see no action. Yeah, Great place to be for manager.
3: Yeah. Well this podcast Barry is much like the Limerick hurling team and the Irish rugby team you know what the standard is now you need to get in your mentions of Rihanna Cambridge's you know uh, etc and that's that's how you that's how you'll be invited back I did, we'll have you back Barry it's good to have a bit of expert someone who knows the rules is always handy exactly. I that, find. That, that, that is handy <laughs> yeah. we'll leave so, with but, that
0: McGrath knows no rules in life all this time next year we won't have him he'll be at the Super Bowl yeah,
3: yeah. Um, right, we, we'll leave it at that. Uh, it's a football It's a football week next week, uh, at the weekend. Rory will be back with you for that. I'm taking a few days to look after some small animals for the midterm. Um, so we will, we will chat to you then. Thank you Barry, thank you Shane, thank you Rory. And uh, we'll chat to you again soon. Good luck, end of life.